All right, good morning. How's everyone doing today? That's a lot of bananas. Are you going to offer the guys online some bananas as well? We got a lot of bananas this morning. Good morning to everyone online. David's online this morning, tuning in with us. He's not here. He's out of town, but I saw David, you were on Zoom this morning, so welcome. It is, uh, it is a rainy morning, and uh, with the weather, I always wonder how many guys are going to make it out of their house and uh, look at us. We're packed out this morning, so this is uh, really encouraging. Before we jump into this morning uh, and introducing uh, our speaker this morning, I'm going to call Chief Ogden up. Chief has a couple announcements, and he's going to introduce this morning's teaching fellow and open us up in prayer. Thank you, Ryan. Hey, I'm so glad everybody's here today. Like Ryan said, actually, same thing. When you see the rain outside, you're not quite sure who's going to show it up. Hey, and good morning, David, from, uh, I think he's up in the mountains right now, but we have a couple quick announcements, but let us uh, open up with prayer first. Dear Lord, I want to thank you for the blessings in my life, and thank you for the group of men here that we call Iron Men of God in West Orange County. They've been so instrumental in my life, so powerful in my life, and brought the presence of you into my life. Lord, thank you. I thank you. I ask that you bless them and keep them and shine your face upon them and be ever so gracious to them. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So guys, we've got a couple quick announcements. I'm going to pull up my phone right here so I can make sure that I get these right down because we got a lot. So first and foremost, thank you guys. Thank you so much for raising money for the Christmas party for the Dream Center. Okay? So we're going to have 20, I think it's going up to 25 kids now that through eight waves in the Dream Center, they're going to have a great Christmas. We're going to get them the Kendalls so that they can work with the uh, tutoring and the mentoring. We're going to get that polished up this week, get it out there. So thank you again for that. At the same time, I want to thank you for something that we did some time ago. If you remember about a year and a half ago, we raised money and funds and also we built bunk beds for the kids specifically that were supposed to go to East Winter Garden. That continues. That mission continues. And last night we got to deliver another bunk bed to some kids that were there and it was just so great. And just to kind of see how things tie together, we all know that they're right. There's no happenstances with God, right? Everything is pieced together that we can't understand. It's beyond our comprehension. So we get an opportunity to deliver these beds last night. And then last night I got a call. We weren't aware of it right then. But the individuals that we delivered the bed to last year had lost a son who was 10 years old. And of course, which is going to lead into my next announcement, which is November 17th. You know, my wife and I facilitate a program called Grief Share. So we're going to do the Grief Share program over at the Dream Center, 930 to 1130 in the morning. We're also going to provide some breakfast for everybody. We certainly invited these folks and we're hoping, pray that they're going to show up as well. But if you know somebody who has lost a loved one, whether it's this year, years in the past, they're struggling, they're having a tough time with that. Grief Share is a great universal program that's offered around the country. I'm so blessed for the opportunity to be able to share our experiences with grief, with the loss of our son through Grief Share, and also walk the people, uh, walk some folks through the journey of recovery and hope through, as we know in here, in, in our group, that's through the love of Christ. There's the only way to do that. So November 17th, if you're looking for that, go to griefshare.org. It's pretty simple. Griefshare.org. Punch in your zip code. A bunch of the local grief shares will show up. Attend whichever one that you want, but I'm going to personally invite you to ours as well. So there's lots of them there. Next announcement guys. Got your sixth class. Our next and final class for this year is next Thursday night. Remember that's a ministry that we sit up for first responders. I left up here a bunch of the flyers. This last class is so important. We all know that everybody, pretty much about every time we hear troubles in people's lives in their marriage, it usually revolves around what? Finances, right? This is called rewirement. This is about financial peace and finding purpose in your life. 
What does God say about financial peace? What does he say about us being good stewards of our money? And what does he say about us finding purpose in our life, which is going to be our mission, I know David's watching, for next year for Ironman 2022. So I didn't want to, sorry if I gave that up too early, David. Sorry about that. But if you'll take a look at this, guys, join up. This is free of course, and it, there is always an invite to anybody that attends Ironman, but more importantly, it, this is not just for the men, this is for the family. So this is a class designed for you and your wife or your spouse or your children, your adult children, your young children to bring to this class so that we can learn about financial peace. And last but certainly not least, when we're there, David Hill has done an awesome job. As you guys know, he is the, the financial expert, but he's made this book. Can you see it right here? He's made this book, but I believe is over three decades of experience that we get a chance to kind of share in this program. We do ask for a donation for this book. If you have a donation, can go to the Iron Man of God because he's put so much time in here. But we've had several of the men in the last class actually take this book and everything that you need to figure out financial peace in your life is in here. You talk about wills and probate and all the kind of stuff that, you know, sometimes we don't like to talk about, but it's important for us men to talk about because we are the spiritual leaders of our home to get that right. So these books are going to be there. Tom Stroop, Tom is in the back. He is also one of our speakers. When you talk about finding purpose in your life, you guys have heard Tom speak before. Does an awesome job at that. So, but what I want to do here today is I want to throw out this. I want to give this book away on only one condition. You show up to class next week. I will donate the money to Iron Men of God. You bring your wife, your spouse, or somebody else. If you're not a first responder, I don't care. If you can invite a first responder, I don't care if they show up or not. So does anybody want to take me up on this challenge? Anybody want to go? I will pay for this book for you. Right there. There you go. Got to take her over here. Eduardo. Thank you, man. That's it. Good to see you. I'll see you next week. And I will make the donation to Iron Men of God for that. So thank you so much. And last but certainly not least, November 21st, I think David announced it last week, we have our short film premiere down at the Winter Garden Theater. If you haven't bought your tickets already, just kind of get with me later on. Tickets are only $6. They went up from $5 to $6. Okay. It's a short film. So that's a dollar a minute per film. So hopefully it's not too much money. I'm not asking too much money there. But if you guys aren't aware, I think most of the people are aware of what that is. This film is going to depict the life of three officers. It is real life scenarios that we have all experienced in our lives. And it's going to follow them through the stress and the trauma, post-traumatic stress, and lots of different other things. So my goal with this film is to give this out. You guys, we, us in here, have raised the money and captured the funds for this film. We've not, we haven't asked anybody else. And when we get this film, it is going to be distributed to anybody who wants to use this to open a class to talk about stress and to talk about how we manage stress and to talk about where we find hope and we know where we find hope in this room here. So we're uh, really looking forward to that. So if you can make that, that's great. It's a great date night. There's no food there. They're not allowing food inside because of COVID still. So take your wife to Winter Garden Pizza or to the chef's table. If you're so inclined, come on over there. Have a great night. We're going to have some great folks there. So I'm really excited about that. And last but certainly not least, I get the pleasure of introducing our speaker today, Jack Levine. Everybody I think knows Jack here. A lot of people tell me that I have a lot of energy, but if I have a lot of energy. Jack is like in another whole stratosphere. So like strap into your seats and listen. Let me introduce him first. I think the one of the best ways you introduce somebody is saying this. He's become a friend. 
a friend and a mentor to me and so many people here in Ironman of God. His son actually was an intern with us last year, did an amazing job over at our police department. He is an associate pastor right next door over here at Purpose Church. He also is a guest speaker. He travels pretty much all year long to men's ministries all around the country, and he has an incredible story of addiction. He's also an author, has written 20, 10 books. I doubled it up. It's like catching fish. It's like catching fish, right? Uh, He's written 10. I've written zero. So, okay, 10 is like huge, really big. And these are just tremendous books. And I know that when I have somebody, and we run into folks all the time, that are needing some counseling, that are needing advice about certain and different kinds of addiction, Jack is certainly my go-to guy. And no matter if it's day or night or in the middle of the morning, Jack will pick up the phone. Jack follows up with these guys. Not only does he follow up with them, he usually follows up with me for days and months and even years afterwards, says, oh, this is how so-and-so is doing. And I just so much appreciate that, Jack. And I appreciate you. Excited to hear you today. So guys, without further ado, Jack Levine. Thank you, guys. Great to be here this morning. I want to talk about our topic, because we're on limited time, of avoiding destructive behavior. Avoiding destructive behavior. That was the chapter in the book. That's what Jeff Barnes spoke about last week. And make sure you're here next week, because Brother Dale is going to be sharing next week, and I'm so excited to hear what he's got to say on the same topic. I'll be starting it, and he'll be wrapping it up. Avoiding destructive behavior. So what does it mean to avoid? Very simple, to stay away from. It means to stay away from something. That's simple. What does destructive behavior mean? I think it's Anything that is sinful would certainly be destructive behavior to your relationship with God. And anything that would hurt you or damage your future. The dictionary defines it as anything that separates you from God, God's plan for your life, or destroys property and yourself. So I want to share with you a quick story. I was about 20 years old. I had a very wonderful parents who worked very hard so me and my brother could go to college and have better lives. And uh, they paid for our college education, which was wonderful. So I basically had a free ride. And I was getting used to it. It was kind of nice. And at about 20 years old when I graduated my father looked me dead in the eye very lovingly and he goes uh, the ride's over get off my back. (laughs) And he meant financially. And I got it. It was a life-changing moment for me. It was a moment of realization that things were about to change. David mentioned my son Jackson, who showed the internship. And thank you, David, for making that possible. And all you guys at Windermere Police Department. He's at college now, and he's struggling a little in this semester. And he, too, is coming to a moment of truth. And his moment of truth is, guess what? If you don't do the work necessary, you don't pass. (laughs) That's a moment of truth. So I hope today is a moment of truth for us that we'll look at what we need to do in our lives to avoid destructive behavior. Remember, God says in James 1.13, let no one say he is tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does God himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he's drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. So this is why we avoid destructive behavior. It's not like God is sitting there saying, um, you know why I want you to avoid destructive behavior? Because I don't want you to have any pleasure in your life. I don't want you to enjoy yourself, laugh, or be happy. No, quite the opposite. Every one of you who is a parent knows how much you love your kids. And when you tell them don't do these things, it's so they don't ruin their lives and don't ruin their futures and don't ruin their health and their relationships and their finances and their spiritual walk with God. So how do we do this? Well, here's how I do it in my life. And, and I hope it's practical to you. When I travel a lot, sometimes I'm in hotels. Sometimes in the hotels, there's hookers in the lobbies. I'm married. I've been married 21 years. And you know what? I never think about going with a hooker in the lobby. I take her upstairs. <laughs> 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 oh, God. 
guys, that was a joke. Joke, David. That was a joke. No, here's why I never think about it. Because I've already made the decision in my life. I've already decided before I ever see any hooker in any lobby that I'm not sleeping with any hooker, I'm not engaging any hooker or any other person in that regard because I'm married and have a relationship with my wife. I've already made that decision in advance. Stanley Wilson, for those of you old enough to remember, 1989 Super Bowl star running back for the Cincinnati Bengals. Night before the game, he does cocaine, misses the Super Bowl game, find him in the bathtub lying down on cocaine, misses the Super Bowl. That'd be the equivalent today of Tom Brady missing the Super Bowl. Biggest moment of his life. He missed it. He couldn't avoid destructive behavior. Not for one night. You would think, hey, let me play in the Super Bowl. The next day I'll get to this. But no, he couldn't avoid it and it cost him everything. So I tell you guys, you cannot play Russian roulette with destructive behavior. I learned in my drug addiction days that I can't invite Satan in and think I can tell him when it's time to leave. It doesn't work like that. I have to make this decision up front. So how do we do this? Well, we got first responders at the table here. And every single one of them, I think, in police and military will tell you the same thing. They train in advance. They're not thinking about these decisions in the heat of battle. They've already memorized and decided what their actions are going to be when they engage this situation. It's called muscle memory in a lot of times. It relates to shooting and stuff like that. I don't have to think about it. My muscle memory is there. I've made the draw already because I practice it. I know it. Guys, we need muscle memory in terms of avoiding sin. They pay, sports guys pay psychologists millions of dollars a year, these top athletes. And you know what they teach them? Visualization. Visualize what is going to happen in the game. Visualize yourself making the shot. Visualize yourself hitting the ball. And studies show it does work. It actually helps and improves your performance, sometimes more than actually practicing. We need to do that in our lives. We can't say, oh, I, I went out and, you know, the sin, I was tempted. Gee, what a surprise. You know, God never imagined that you'd be tempted when he wrote Ephesians 6. And he said, put on the full armor of God. Here's, here's how you fight. No, you know you're going to be tempted. So what do you do if you don't know how to do this. What, what do you do really if you've never been taught if you don't have the muscle memory? Well, it's interesting you, you say that. First, you get around somebody who does and ask them what to do. The other day we were at church and Bernie was teaching people how to use the soundboard. I've never used a soundboard before, but I saw that you touch this button, it does that. You touch that button, it does this. Okay, I can do that, but you know what's interesting? I can touch the button fast, or I can touch it really slow, or I can twirl my finger around and touch the button, but I gotta know the right button to touch. I've got to know what to do, and so do you guys. So practice makes perfect in this regard. So why do I got to practice? Well, look, if you can't hit a curveball or you're having trouble learning French or learning how to operate a machine, you need to know how. You need to be taught how. You need the instructions why so you can get the benefit of it. I was standing in Orlando many years ago. I came up to visit Sean and we went to see a football game and his son Justin was playing in the football and it was hot out and everybody had umbrellas from the sun. It was so hot. And I thought, man, this is so uncomfortable. It's so hot. This is really annoying. And then I thought of our boys over in Iraq who were fighting at that time in the war in Kuwait in the desert with packs and pounds and pounds on in the desert. And I thought, man, you know, what a weenie I am complaining about the sun here. Look at what these guys are doing. But the question is why? Why were they doing it? They were doing it for two reasons, survival and victory. 
survival and victory. And that is why you avoid destructive behavior in your life. You have an enemy, Satan, who's prowling around like a roaring lion. And he wants to go to each one of you in your individual area of weakness in your life, in your Achilles heel, in that supercharged area of your flesh where you're weak. And he wants to tempt you and suck you in and bring you in so he can kill you and destroy you and ruin God's plan for your life, hope, and future. So, man, you would say to God, hey, God, wouldn't it be nice if you could just show me how to avoid this destructive behavior? God says, funny, you should ask. <laughs> Ephesians 4, God says, I beg you to walk worthy of the calling to which you were called. Walk worthy of that calling, that you should no longer walk as the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. He says, put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to deceitful lust, deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, put on the new man, which was created in the image of God. So there's an action required on your part. You're to take off the old and put on the new. If your t-shirt stinks of underarm stink, which I'm sure none of you have experienced personally, but if it does, it's a good idea to take it off and put on a new one. In other words, we're to avoid destructive behavior. We're to avoid it. We're to be imitators of God. And for you, destructive behavior may be a very individual thing. I mean, we know we're not to be angry. We know we're to forgive. We know we're not to steal, lie, and cheat. We know all that. But for you, it may be something different. God may have put on your heart. It may be smoking cigarettes. It may be the certain behavior you're not supposed to engage in that may be okay for somebody else. God tells us we're to walk as children of the light. And get this. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. Have no fellowship with them. No relationship with the unfruitful works of darkness. That is avoid. Stay away from destructive behavior. Stay away from the works of darkness. That's a requirement on your part. That's a requirement. You don't have any fellowship with it. Remember, you can't invite Satan in and tell him when it's time to leave. And lastly, he goes on to say, don't be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine. And my version says, or stoned with weed or high on prescription drugs. <laughs> but be filled with the Spirit. We're to be filled with the Spirit of God. And lastly, as I close, God has told us not to do certain things. And I'm reminded of when my parents said, do not do certain things. Do not, you know, cross the street without looking when you're a little guy. Make, you know, do not drive without your seatbelt. Do not do all these things. Every single one of them was for my benefit and my blessing. By the way, I have a message, David, for you. That's for you, David. Private message. David always holds that up when time's running out. We miss you, brother. Run the clock. We're going to make it. All right. So God has told us. And guys, if you don't hear me today, I pray that you would hear the spirit of the Lord. I pray you would hear the spirit of the Lord. God has told us do not do certain things. And I'm just going to read five or six of them to you. Romans 6.12. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so you obey its evil desires. Do not let sin reign. Romans 12.21. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Romans 13.14. Clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Don't even think about it. Don't even think about how to indulge your addictions, your passion, your lust, this behavior is supposed to avoid. He says in Corinthians, do not be misled. Bad character corrupts good character. This sin will corrupt your good character and your walk with God. In Galatians, he says, you were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature, but rather serve one another. And this is my favorite one. Ephesians 4.27, he says, do not give the devil 
a foothold. Do not give the devil a foothold. When you sin, when you engage in this destructive behavior, you are giving the devil a foothold. You are inviting the devil in. You are playing Russian roulette with the devil. I can give you a way. I can guarantee you a way that you will never kill yourself accidentally playing Russian roulette. 100% guarantee. Very simple. Don't play. Don't play. That's how you do it. Peter tells us, do not conform to the evil desires you have when you lived in ignorance, but be obedient children to God. If you really believe God, that God loves you and everything's working together for your good and God's got your back, how could you possibly not listen to him? I mean, oh my gosh, could you imagine if the, the chief from the bomb squad came over to you and there was a bomb over there and he said, don't touch that red wire. I mean, there's not way in a million years you'd ever touch it. Why? Because he's the chief of the bomb squad. He knows if I touch that wire, it's going to blow up. I believe him. Why? Do I believe him because he's the chief. He knows everything. Why wouldn't you believe God? He's God. He knows everything. He's telling you, live as free men. Do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as servants of God. Do not let anyone lead you astray. Do not let anyone lead you astray. There's no excuse. There's no excuse for this destructive behavior. It's not my wife did it. My friends did it. They're doing it. It's you and your stand and the man you are for God and who you are for the kingdom of God. So guys, we're going to pray and we're going to go break into tables. Destructive behavior. Is it a choice to avoid it or not? I believe it is. I've made some choices in my life to eat healthy because I'd like to be around a little longer for my kids, to exercise more, to do better things. These are choices I've made, sacrifices I've made because I want the end result. What end result do you want in your life with your walk with God? Let's pray. Dear Lord, Father, we love you so much, Lord. We thank you for this day. Lord, we're reminded that you don't tempt anyone. We tempt ourselves when we walk in evil and when we do not avoid the destructive behavior you've told us to avoid. We're reminded we can't play Russian roulette with the devil. We're reminded that we're supposed to have a plan in advance, Lord. We're supposed to have muscle memory, spiritual muscle memory. We should be made these decisions long in advance. I'm going to be a faithful husband. I'm going to spend time in the Word. I'm not going to grieve the Holy Spirit of God. God says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. And we grieve your spirit, Lord, when we walk into destructive behavior, which you specifically have told us to avoid, and we live in the old man and not the new man. So Lord, today, Holy Spirit, speak to us in our table time, and let us be the man you want us to be for your kingdom. Let us be men of impact, iron men of God, for the kingdom of God. We love you and praise you. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I can't believe you took my sign, Jack. I was talking to Jack before he went up about how he has 10 minutes and we have this awesome sign to kind of flip him a reminder if he's running long and uh, when I wasn't looking, he took it. Jack, thank you so much. That was awesome. I'm fired up. I feel jittery. Jack provided table captains three questions. I sent them out last night. We do have a first timers table. If it's your first time uh, here with us this morning, Jesse, if you wouldn't mind raising your hand. Awesome. First timers, if it's your first time, Jesse has a table for you over there to sit with him and the the rest of the morning, we're going to pass it over to the table captains. Um, we're going to have some table discussion about what Jack just talked about. Awesome.